Hey y'all, I'm Justin Mitchell, and this is Out Here in America. It's a new show from the Sun-Herald in Biloxi, Mississippi, and McClatchy. Before we get to the episode, we wanted to introduce y'all to our friend Evan Wolfson. He's the founder and former president of Freedom to Marry. That's the campaign that won nationwide marriage equality before the Supreme Court in 2015. Now we're excited to help them get the word out about an amazing new project. Hi, Evan. Hi, Justin. As you know, we've achieved a dream that I'd pursued for more than 30 years and our movement had pursued for more than 40 years. But while we've won the freedom to marry in law, the marriage conversation is still a powerful engine of transformation that can continue to build support in the South and elsewhere. The case before the Supreme Court and the decades-long struggle that led to it has been made into a documentary by Eddie Rosenstein called The Freedom to Marry. The Supreme Court says it will take up the issue of same-sex marriage. The biggest gay rights ruling ever. This is about the dignity of millions of Americans. The essence of the right to marry is the freedom to marry the person you choose. Evan is the visionary behind this movement. His true gift was to be the marriage guy. Because I knew that this was a national conversation that was going to change everything. It's been four plus decades of work. Evan, it's good to have you back. I mean, you have worked more than anybody else on this. And now America is ready for the freedom to marry. This documentary is being embraced around the world. It contains the lessons for how to achieve change, not just for LGBT causes, but for any cause in any country. And in fact, Justin, this documentary is coming to Biloxi for a community screening with the Sun-Herald in McClatchy at the end of July. I'm sure you'll tell them more about it. But for now, people can also learn more about the film at freedomtomarrymovie.com. And they can watch it themselves on iTunes. And I look forward to being back in Mississippi in July. Thanks, Evan. Here's someone else we're likely to see back in Mississippi, too. Last year, one of my closest friends, who happens to be a teacher at the local high school, told me about a kid named Trevor Ladner. Hi, I'm Trevor Ladner. I'm 18 years old. She told me how he was an outspoken liberal at the top of his class who also called himself a proud gay man. That was a bit different for a school that still has Confederate flags waving on some cars in the parking lot. I met Trevor for coffee last year at the Mockingbird Cafe. It's an old converted house that has an all-is-welcome sign above its front door. I thought I'd be writing a 12-inch story for an inside page on Sunday, but I ended up spending six months with Trevor, and his drag persona, Miss Annie Thang, landed on the front page of the Sun-Herald. Trevor introduced Annie to the world for a scholarship video, which got her accepted into Harvard. Trevor also helped change how people see gender in a small Mississippi community. Stick around for Trevor's story on Out Here in America. About a year ago, I created a video for a scholarship for Tulane University. The prompt that I was given was just a square, an outline of a square on a piece of paper. And so I took that and the first thing that came to my mind was how society puts us into boxes because I am very passionate about LGBTQ issues and I'm very passionate about the art of drag. I combined all of those things together and wrote this script in a day about 
how society puts us in boxes in terms of gender. And then I used my artistry as a drag queen to transform myself into drag while I narrated it with this writing that I did. Many drag performers are transgender and gender non-conforming individuals themselves and use the art form for what it is, a way to express themselves without limits. In essence, that is what gender truly is, an act of self-expression. Unfortunately, some see the need for limits. Towards the end of the video, it reversed and showed me taking off all of my makeup and that was alluding to the fact that society takes away our individuality by putting us in these strict gender boxes. So why were gender roles so important to you? My entire life was a struggle of adversity. Um, when I was in elementary school, I was always a queer kid. I always was extremely feminine. I loved musical theater. I loved to dress up. I liked to play with makeup. I always did the things that girls did, and that was something that people didn't take well to. And so in elementary school, I was physically bullied a lot. Actually, one time I had floor cleaner put in my root beer that I left in the cafeteria. I ended up drinking it and getting really sick. And today, like, I still have a fear of bathrooms because I was, like, abused so badly by, like, my classmates in a bathroom as a kid. And it wasn't so bad throughout middle school, but it was more of, like, the little comments that guys would make. And a lot of times it was, like, guys pretending to be your friends to, like, make fun of you. Tell me a little bit about your family. My family is a melting pot. Um, my mom and I are pretty much the same person, and then my dad and my brother are the complete opposite. And my dad and my brother are just the epitome of a South Mississippi male. Like, they enjoy hunting, and they enjoy working out in the yard, and like, my mom and I stay inside and like, share makeup products. So it's just two completely different spectrums. A lot of the internalization that I faced with my family growing up was really difficult. Great nine four football in the two. Football is like a huge staple of Southern culture. My brother is one of the like most talented football players in our region. And so it is, it's always been difficult to like see my brother get so much praise and respect from the community because he is such an amazing football player. And like everyone knew who my mom and dad were and who my brother was. And I was always like the other brother. I felt like people loved my brother more. How old were you when you started doing drag shows? I was 17 the first time I performed in front of people, but I started doing drag in my closet at home when I was 16. And before that, I had been doing musical theater since I was eight years old. And so I'd always like been involved with performance and makeup. But whenever I was a sophomore in high school, um, I made a friend in a musical show that I was doing and he brought me a pair of fake breasts to rehearsal one time and told me to take them home. And so I did and I didn't have any idea what I was doing, but I had some makeup that I like put on. I looked awful. I had two sets of eyebrows because I didn't know how to cover mine up. And it was just like completely liberating. And this was like during a time when I was internalizing a lot of feelings about like my identity and how other people felt about me. Welcome to the stage, your birthday girl, the lovely, the frazzled, Miss Annie Bang on her 16th birthday. Drag is definitely something that I'm completely grateful for because it gave me an outlet to share my message with people through like this persona that is Miss Anything. Anything you could do, I could do better.
there is a few LGBTQ inclusive bars on the coast. So I'd perform in Biloxi and Gulfport and we're just all gay and crazy. There is people drinking and twerking and throwing their drinks on you while you're performing, but you get to do what you love and like share this art with people. And like, it's just a place where you can be whoever you want to be. First time I performed, I surprisingly like wasn't nervous because I felt like I was finally doing what I've wanted to do for so long. It was really liberating. But then like my mom found out because she found my Instagram. I was very upset when I first found out. I felt like I had a kid I didn't know. I was upset thinking that he was not happy and I didn't know he was unhappy and I was doing nothing for him and he wasn't coming to me. I don't think I was ever angry. I just was hurt and I had so much fear that, why is he doing this? Does he hate who he is? You know, these motherly fears, I guess, you know, like what else do I not know? So I went to him and said, Trevor, you have to talk to me. You have to tell me what's going on, you know? And he was completely open about it. He said, I love to do this. This is why I've always loved theater and I love, feminine thing, so like, this is like the ultimate role, the ultimate character to pull off for me. Okay, well then I was totally okay. Like, you not miserable, you don't hate your life, you know, like you you love who you are. He's like, yeah, I'm totally fine. You know, it's like, okay, then I'm okay. I don't care what you wear. You know, like that's just, that was totally okay for me. My mom has actually been to like every single one of my shows. She loves my drag. She bought me, she bought me like a giant painting of myself in drag for college that's on my dorm wall. I was a little nervous at the first show. I mean, from the very first minute he come through the curtain on stage, I was like, woo, you know, like I thoroughly enjoy it because I'm watching him perform and he's mine and I love to watch him do what he loves and he's having the time of his life. And so, you know, I, the drag doesn't bother me. I love it. Once I did come out to her, it just made that relationship so much stronger because there was nothing that I had to hide back. I can talk to her about relationships now. I can talk to her about how I'm feeling about my body or whatever it is and like I know she'll be there to support me. I think in the South especially gay men form such close relationships with their mothers if they're there and willing and it just says so much about a mother's love and strength especially here because if I couldn't have told my mother I don't even know if I'd be out to my family. My family was always super close and super inclusive and you know they really worked hard to make sure everyone felt like they were accepted but there was always the little nuance of maybe dropping the F-bomb by someone every now and again or someone saying, oh, look at that, queer or whatever. And it kind of almost just makes you insecure as a person when you're growing up and you're feeling these things but you haven't told anyone yet. I went to church with my grandfather every single Sunday. Um, and he was super Catholic. He prayed the rosary every day at home in his room. And we had this really close relationship when I was a kid because before my mom met my stepdad, we lived with them. He was my father figure. I really looked up to him and what he did and how much he loved going to church. So it was really hard for me when I was ready to come out because I always had this underlying feeling of my grandfather will never know because he died before I told anyone and would he accept me because he was so religious. So one day during the holidays when I was in college, my mom and I had been fighting all day we had went to the graveyard to see my grandfather's grave. We were in the car and she was crying. We were in just a huge fight. And I just broke down and told her, I was like, hey, I'm gay. 
And I don't know if it matters to you or not, but this is who I am and I can't not say it anymore. And, you know, my mom and my grandfather were just as close as we were. And the fact that she was totally okay with it kind of, in my mind, thought, well, if she still loves me no matter what, then my grandfather would too. Yeah, I feel like once we move past those, like, misconceptions of, like, the other, then everyone can be involved in those relationships. And um, I had a lot of difficulty growing up with feeling included in my family. And it wasn't because they were necessarily, like, prejudiced or anything against people who are gender nonconforming or... LGBTQ, but they just were ignorant to these people that they had never had any personal experience with. When we first started working on this project, I thought it was just going to be like a feature story about you. And I remember at first you telling me about your dad and it was at the point where he wasn't there yet. And we were with you for six months and we didn't really know if your dad was going to be a part of the project. And then the last day we came, he was there and was just ready to be mic'd up. And when I asked him about it, he said that people came up to him at his work and were just like super supportive and said that what you did was amazing and it really kind of opened his eyes and that really just affected me in a way that I can't even explain in words. First reaction I had was anger. I just, I'll just be honest with you and, you know, I'm a very conservative type guy, always been traditional values, still today. You know, that's not, you know, I support Trevor. I give him a home to come and um, have a place of peace. I think that's my role. Everybody has a barrier, even myself. You know, me and, me and Trevor don't agree uh, on certain things, and that's okay. Um, but to under truly understand how somebody feels, uh, I think in society we put put up walls and we want to put people in boxes. And uh, I think even in our own family, we didn't talk about those type of things because of the walls and the, and the boxes we put people in. But I know after the video came out, um, I knew he was talented, you know, and I knew he was passionate about things. But they would put all that together and communicate it and make an impact not only you know for scholarship but i think from a standpoint of conversation around the community and the workplace and other areas i don't think he's realized the reach of the video um, i know you know i've had the conversation with a lot of my friends that before that video um and, and trevor explaining some things the way he did we would have never talked about and I think it's really amazing that I got to watch your dad open up through this process. My relationship with my dad was a lot more difficult because growing up he was an evangelical preacher and so he was like extremely conservative and so that was like a really hard relationship to um, push forward. My dad and I just never really talked, like we didn't really have a relationship at all and it was just always this fear that like he hated who I was. You know, I'd just be honest, I'm, you know, thinking of him dressed up in drag is not what I ever envisioned Trevor to do. So, you know, as a father, that's just something you deal with. And, um, you know, the good Lord has a plan for his life. And whatever that plan is, I know the God that I serve and the God I know is going to be faithful to fulfill that. 
I'm really grateful for this whole experience too, because it was like a catalyst, not just like for my community and like the things that I was trying to change, but like for me personally and my family. But it's just like this slow progress. Definitely that's like true of my dad. Um, in the beginning, he was very apprehensive about it. And like my mom even too, about like sharing my story and like sharing their voices. And I was then told that the admissions committee at Harvard also watched that video when they were reviewing my application. And um, that kind of sent them over the edge to say, yes, we're going to accept this person. You were a salutatorian of your graduating class. Mm -hmm. Can we talk a little bit about your graduation speech? No one has the right to define your success or self. As supermodel of the world, RuPaul says, when you become the image of your own imagination, it is the most powerful thing you could do. Tell me about that and how you felt when you were giving it. I am obviously very passionate about LGBTQ issues here in Mississippi and in the South. And so that's what I wanted to talk about in my graduation speech. That was my platform. Accepting people that do have different viewpoints than you. To all LGBTQ youth on elementary school playgrounds, on this field across the nation and around the world, I urge you to defy normal. Don't strive to meet or exceed others' expectations. I said something about being queer and I said not the word that was yelled at me on the playground in elementary school. I think it's just really incredible because as a kid, I was so quiet. I was of the belief that if you have an opinion, you should keep it to yourself because that's how I was raised and that's how people like treated me. And to have that journey and to be able to stand on a stage in front of my class and like give this speech and talk about these things are really important to me. That's just something that I'm really grateful for. How did it feel for you to kind of see your dad in tears after he came down after you had given your graduation speech? It's incredible. It's just something that I never like as a kid imagined. I was out to my mom, I was out to all my friends, and that was like my biggest fear with coming out was my dad. I thought my whole life I would just spend like not talking to him. It's just incredible now to see how far he comes and how hard he works to like educate himself and to change and be more understanding. I mean, it took me a decade after I came out to my mom almost to finally find my voice and put it in a platform that I thought was useful. I write this blog and a lot of them revolve around being gay here and, and I never thought I would get as much positive feedback as I've gotten from that. And it almost makes me think, what if I would have started doing this earlier? I've always been so interested in the fact that you figured this out at such a young age yeah. and you kind of just went with it. Yeah. One of the issues that I've had with disseminating all this information about LGBTQ issues and like being an activist and stuff is a lot of times people will acknowledge like my struggle and say they support like me and like what I'm going through and what I'm saying. But then when it comes time for people to act on with the, the things that I'm saying, it's like really frustrating because they don't. And I'm really proud of the progress that people like you are making and that I'm making. And then on the flip side, it's frustrating too to like see it from the outside and be like, why aren't you treating everyone like this? Because we are in the deep South that is so different in terms of LGBTQ inclusivity from like New York City, we are at a completely different place in what we have to do and like the progress that we're making. I say all the time, I don't think we would have put your story on the front page of this newspaper five years ago. I wasn't here, but 10 years ago, five years ago, who knows? It's one of those things. It's like a catch-22. It's 
being so grateful that you're at this place where you can be who you are and kind of just promote this advocacy, but there's still so much that you know is left yeah. to be done. Yeah, I feel like my life is a walking contradiction in like every respect. I always tell people that because I am like white rural South Mississippi and I also am like elite liberal Harvard and it's like I'm literally like right in the middle and so I'm like always walking this line. How do people react when you tell them where you came from and where you grew up and what your home life is like? People just don't get it. Like it's not a real place to them, which like there's only like six of us on the entire campus that are from Mississippi. And I actually had a guy sit down with me at lunch one day and just be like, so what was it like growing up gay in South Mississippi? And I told him like all the bad things. And then I'm like, but these are all the good things. <laughs> and um, I find myself defending the South and conservatism a lot, even though I completely like disagree with a lot of the ideological beliefs. And um, one of the things I'm passionate about at school is bringing Southern representation to campus. So do you ever think you'll come back to the South permanently? I do think I'll come back. That's like what I want to do right now is I want to come back and work in Mississippi. And a lot of the studying and like work that I've been doing at school is centered around the South. And I've been reading a lot of literature on um, Mississippi's LGBTQ history because it's not something that's accessible and it's something that I've like searched far and wide for. And so I've tried to like compile that and like get as much information as I can about people who've come before me who've like paved this way for me. So is it hard to book drag shows or get into gay bars in Massachusetts or have you yeah, tried? Yeah, so I have been to one drag show that was incredible. The queens were amazing. And I think the difference is that it's like an academic environment versus like a social environment here at home. You have these like communities that form in the face of adversity here that have to form their own little pockets of like culture and entertainment. Whereas there, like everything's more acceptable and like accessible. And also just being so involved in actual college makes it hard to find time to. But um, I was on the planning board for a conference called IVQ, which is hosted by an Ivy League every year and Harvard hosted it for the first time this year. And so I was in charge of planning the drag night for that. And um, I hosted the show and performed during the show. And before the show, I did my own workshop where I basically did my makeup and showed people like how to do drag makeup while talking about the history of drag. And so that like gave me the outlet to share drag with Harvard, whereas like before it wasn't so present on campus. And so, yeah, I've been really lucky to be able to have those opportunities to do that. And I hope to be able to do that more. Thanks again to Trevor Ladner for being here. You can follow him on Instagram at Miss Anything, or you can read a lot more of his story at sunherald.com. Thanks to our Out Here in America team, Amanda McCoy, Jordan Marie Smith, and Davin Coburn. And thanks to Jason Shaw for the music. Want more stories like Trevor's? Subscribe to Out Here in America on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite shows. In the meantime, I'll see y'all next week on Out Here in America. Mm -hmm.